A Weekend with Jason Dacey Replay from Money FM 89.3. Thanks for staying with me, Jason Dacey, here on Money FM 89.3. We're talking U.S. politics with Steve Oaken, former Clinton administration official, advisor to McClarty Associates here in Singapore. Steve, we're looking back on last week's testimony by U.S. Uh, attorney Michael Cohen, or former U.S. President Donald Trump's attorney, who, of course, is heading to prison for three years. But he spoke to Congress about his time working with U.S. President Donald Trump. And Donald Trump has blasted it. He said he lied about it. He said the only thing he didn't lie about was a no collusion. Uh, so the question I have for you is about how this will impact Donald Trump moving forward. Well, the, the biggest impact of, of Cohen's testimony is, is what's going to come out of it in terms of future investigations, because Cohen talked about illegalities with the Trump organization when it, come, it came to getting loans, so bank fraud, illegalities when it came to using the charity. Um, he talked about people who knew what was happening, and so that's going to lead to more investigations, more people being called in. So this was really in part about what Cohn was going to say about Trump, but it was more about what's going to come out of this testimony and how much that is going to put at risk for Trump and the Trump organization. For you, what were the key takeaways from what he said to, to the U.S. Congress? I mean, I, I think it was, you know, corroborating some of, of what he said, showing that, you know, Donald Trump himself was signing checks um, that were that where the funds were used to pay off Stormy Daniels, which is a, a violation of, of U.S. law. And that and then Cohen could co- corroborate. Yeah, he had some evidence, of right? He had evidence. He talked about other people who were involved, including. Um, you know, Donald Trump Jr. in terms of, of these payoffs, as well as other people within the Trump organization who are now going to be subpoenaed not only by the Congress, but maybe by the Mueller investigation, as well as the Southern District of New York. So this is not a, a one-off hearing. A lot is going to come later. Now, the Republicans say that he committed perjury, some of them, because he, they say he's lying about uh, what he was doing with Trump and also certain elements of what he said in his testimony. I mean, how much uh, mileage does, does this have, this perjury case against Michael Cohen from the Republicans? Well, I mean, if, if you were a Democrat watching that hearing, you, you, you know, felt that it, 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 it vindicated or confirmed everything you thought about Trump, that he was a con man mm. and that he was a cheat. And if you were a Republican watching the hearing, you were saying, well, this guy is a he is a perjurer. He perjured himself the last time he was to Congress. Who's to say he's not perjuring himself now? And you didn't believe any of it. So I think the hearing's a wash in terms of moving people from one direction or the other. But what's going to come out of this hearing is not going to be a wash. And the fact that Michael Cohen uh, allegedly wanted to go to the White House and he's trying to get back against his old boss because he wasn't given the job in the White House. Do you think that's uh, true? Well, it, it goes to, to to motive of whether he has a, a, a you know a reason to lie. Mm. I mean, because you have a motive to testify against somebody doesn't mean you're not telling the truth. And so that's the question that the people have to ask themselves. Yes, he is a perjurer. Yes, he is an, a liar. But that doesn't mean he's lying now. Mm-hmm. It makes his it, and it makes the investigation you have to do to corroborate his testimony so much more important. And Donald Trump went to Twitter saying that there was some book uh, manuscript that he'd put out there, or you know that he uh, actually gave a completely different story, and then things went sour. What do you read into that? Well, I, I mean, you 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 look at Cohen, you say he has almost no credibility to start with. Again, it doesn't mean that, that what he says isn't true. And maybe he tried to write a book to make money. And now people are saying, well, you're testifying now to get a book deal or a movie deal or a TV deal after you get out of jail three years from now. And so that was kind of what was interesting about 
the the what the Democratic questioning and the Republican questioning, the Democrats were trying to question him more on the substance. Who knew what, when, um, what evidence do you have to back it up? And the Republicans were attacking him. I mean, they weren't necessarily defending uh, Trump. They weren't trying to get to the bottom of it. They were a- attacking Cohen. So remember, this hearing was a TV show. Mm. It was a good TV yeah, show, yeah. but it was a TV show. <laughs> With Steve Oaken, uh, former Clinton administration official, talking U.S. politics. Now, of course, that was the public hearing, but what would have happened behind closed doors when he was there on uh, Capitol Hill? Well, that's they do. So, so the public hearing is when you can testify about things that are either that aren't classified. Um, but when you start talking about what was involved with the Russians? What did the Mueller investigation ask you? What was the FBI asking you? Um, what testimony did you give? So anything that could could lead to um, classified information is going to be done behind closed doors. Um, and so that is going to feed clearly into what's happening with, with Mueller. They're going to compare what Cohen said to Mueller to what he said to Congress, what Cohen said Trump knew to what Trump may or may not have been talking to to Mueller about in the White House. So that's going to affect the the criminality and maybe down the line impeachment further, uh, more so than the public testimony. Now, you've mentioned that the Southern District of New York is potentially more damaging uh, to Donald Trump than the actual Mueller report. Can you explain why? Well, there, there's there's two different things. There's the 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 only punishment you have against a president, presumably while he's in office, is impeachment, and that is political. Um, and impeachment is whatever the Congress says it is, whatever the House says in terms of impeachment, and then whatever the Senate would be in terms of conviction. The law is the law. Um, and then there's federal law and there is state law. And that law not only extends to, to the president and his actions, but to the Trump organization, to the people who work for the Trump organization, including his children. Um, and so it is much more um, – the penalties are going to be broader and deeper uh, than in the constitutional political sense. Now, as for Michael Cohen, he's going to be going to prison in May, I believe, for three years. What's his uh, way forward? You know, what's going to become of him? I mean, you've been uh, Washington for a long time, especially in the 1990s. What happens to these kind of people who are so important in the uh, political landscape of things but are qu- easily quickly forgotten? Well, that's what's great about, about the U.S. system is it doesn't matter, you know, who you are. Um, you can have some – you could be the president of the United States and you can have somebody going to Congress calling you uh, a racist and a con man <laughs> and a liar. Um, you know, you, you go to jail. You pay your debt to society. Um, you get out. And then what's going to happen is he will certainly – you know, get a book deal. Um, he'll probably, you know, get get movie rights to to his story. Um, and now, is that worth three years of your life? I don't think so. Um, but I mean, he'll try and re- rehabilitate himself over over the course of that period of time. And that's the way our our system is set up. And what do you think he wanted to get out of uh, the the hearing last week? You know, what do you think? You think he really wanted to clear his name? He wanted to do the right thing. Um, it, it's it's possible he had any number of motives. He might have been thinking, yes, I now want to come clean and, and, and tell the truth. Uh, last time I came to Congress, I lied. I don't want to be known as a liar, and maybe not for me, but for my family. Um, and it might be that he's also thinking, well, if I you know, come out and be very dramatic, that'll help me down the road as I try and rehabilitate myself. So all things can be true at the same time. <laughs> all right, talking U.S. politics here with uh, Steve Oaken. So what, what kind of like facility will he go to? And you know, will he get any protection or will it just be a regular kind a federal prison. I mean, I, I mean, I'm not sure which one he'll go to. Certainly, the the you know there was somebody in the Clinton administration, um, uh, Webb Hubble, um, who was uh, a partner at the Rose yep. Law Firm. 
uh, where Hillary Clinton um, was a partner, and then he became um, the the deputy associate attorney general, and then he went to jail for things that he had done back in Arkansas, not that he had done when he was um, in the U.S. government. And my boss, the the general counsel, would work for him, and she would visit him, um, you know, in prison sometimes. Mm. Um, so it's, I mean, it, it, it's prison. Your liberty is taken away. It, it, now he's not going to be, you know, working in, in the in the fields, or he's not going to be, you know, building roads. <laughs> yeah. right? He's not going to be on a chain gang. <laughs> but it's not pleasant. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's it, you know, it, your 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 liberty is taken away from mm-hmm. you, and you get some visitors, and usually, you know, they might put you in a facility. It could be three four hours away, so it's hard for people to come see mm. you. Um, I mean, it's not going to be... On a uh, holiday camp. It's not a holiday camp. It's mm. prison. It's mm. not going to be, you know, Rikers Island uh, or Alcatraz <laughs> yeah, if yeah. they were still open, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's yeah. prison. I've been to Alcatraz, actually. <laughs> I think you could do two as years <laughs> yeah. ago. So what are the other problems for Donald Trump going forward? Now Michael Cohen's probably going to disappear from the scene. Is it going to be the tax returns being subpoenaed? You know, what are what are the roadblocks ahead for him? Well, yeah, he he went for two years without literally any oversight at all. Um, the the Republicans, when they controlled the Senate and the House, did not exercise the oversight authority. They could have done so. Now that the Democrats have the House, they are going to investigate literally everything. They're going to investigate not only Russia. They're going to investigate the tax returns. They're going to investigate the personal use of emails. They're going to investigate how Jared Kushner got his security clearance. They're going to investigate how he prepared um, for for the North Korea. They're going to investigate what's going on with trade in China. They're going to investigate everything. And this is going to be an extraordinarily you know, burdensome time if you're in the executive branch anywhere, not just in the White House. Now, you mentioned Jared Kushner, his son-in-law, you know, and this has been a big story over the last few days that Trump actually said, yeah, we've got to give him the the top level of clearance. And he denied that. So again, this is a potential problem for him? It's all political problem. I mean, and Trump has, as president, Trump has the legal authority uh, to give security clearances, to order security clearances to be given. And so it's not illegal for him to have said, I want my son-in-law to have a top security clearance. But does it matter he lied about it potentially? Politically, of course it does. Mm -hmm. I mean, but it gets it to be politics. And if you have contemporaneous memos from the then chief of staff and then White House counsel objecting to this um, and Trump overruling them, and then Trump saying, but I didn't have anything to do mm. with it, um, then somebody's not telling the truth when it, when it comes to that. Now, what's the punishment for that? Well, then there is no punishment other than um, the impeachment, if that's what the, the, the House and the Senate want to do. So all of this is going, is going to play out. But it, it's lying when you don't need to lie, when, when you're going to get caught later, it does catch up to you. And Adam Schiff has been a very prominent Democrat who's kind of tends to be really scrutinizing things. He's really someone that Trump has been kind of talking about on Twitter a bit, too. Well, I mean, that's that's Trump's, you know, M.O. is Mm. you attack Mm. anybody who's who's, you know, who you feel can or, or will attack you. I mean, he does that politically, like calling Elizabeth Warren Pocahontas, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, or, yeah. You know, or Crooked Hillary, yeah, or, yeah. or on the Republican side, you know, Lion Ted, Lion Ted Little yeah. Marco, yeah, yeah. John McCain, not a hero. I mean, mm. he does that all the time. He does it politically. And so no, no surprise that he would do it against the Democrats in the House and the Senate. Now, Steve, you give a lot of uh, talks around Singapore about the chances of, uh, you know, elections going certain ways. And now, 
as we look towards 2020, what would you say Donald Trump's chances are at the moment? Would it be 50-50 of being reelected? Would it be less than that? What would you say? Well, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, if you look at, at elections, right, the midterm election we just went through in which the Democrats won by eight points, right, in, in, in the House on an overall vote, that, that election was a referendum on Donald Trump mm. and Donald Trump lost. But 2020 is not going to be a referendum on Donald Trump. It is going to be a choice. It is going to be a choice between Donald Trump and whoever the Democrats nominate. So until you know who the Democrats are going to nominate, it's very hard it's to hard, forecast yes. yeah. how it's going to happen. If you look at the map, right now it almost comes down to three states. It, it, it comes down to, to, to the swing states of Arizona, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania. And if the Democrats take two of those three, they win. If Trump keeps two of those three— he wins. So tell me who, who the Democrats nominate. <laughs> I'll tell you the chances of those states, and then I can kind of you know prognosticate w- what the chances are going into into the election. When do the Democrats really need to make a decision on this? I know there's a, there's a process, but when do we need to see the front runner? Do you think for them to start building momentum? Well, it, you know, it, given that the field is going to be more than twenty credible Democratic candidates, given that you may have eight sitting senators running for the Democratic nomination, um, it's probably going to take a lot longer than, than anyone would, would like. Normally, these wrap up, you know, in, in February or March at the latest. But the Hillary, you know, and, mm. and Obama primary went, you know, all the way to California. Obama was always ahead, but it was always there could have been an upset along the way. I think this is going to play out a long time. It's going to be expensive. It's going to to see who can organize the best, who can get the most low dollar donations, who can get the most excitement. Um, and then as you whittle down the different categories, kind of the establishment versus the upstarts versus the progressives versus, uh, you know, the, the, the more liberal, then you'll see you'll you'll narrow it down. Does it play into the incumbent's hands if it is a long process or does it help the, uh, the challenging party? I think if if my if I go back to to 2016, I think it helped Obama become a much better candidate. It helped him build an organization across the whole country because he didn't have this wrapped up right after New Hampshire, after South Carolina, you know, the the early primaries. So I everybody always said, oh, it's it's bad for you, and you look at the example of Jimmy Carter and um, Ted Kennedy in 1980, where Kennedy challenged the, mm, the president yeah. and it took a lot of energy, it took a lot of time, beat him up. And then so that that was, you know, did not set him up well to go up against Reagan in 80. But I look at 2016 and I think it made Obama a much better candidate. I think it made the Democratic Party much stronger. I think it's going to be more like 2016 than... than 2016 and 2012. I think it's going to be more like the, the 2012 primary, uh, yeah, right? The yeah. 2012 primary mm. than, than the, the 2000... Or more like the 2008 primary, yeah, right? Yeah, of course, because he the was 08. against Clinton. Then. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it's the 08 primary yeah. as opposed to the 1980 primary. Yeah, can't wait to see what happens. Uh, it's always good to talk U.S. politics with Steve Oaken, and we can find out more and follow you on Twitter and everywhere else, can't we? And same with you, Jason. Yeah, thanks very much, Steve. Thank you.